0: Thank you for tuning in to the New Birth Podcast. There's a word of hope for you today, and we are excited for what God is doing here at New Birth. For more information, visit our website, nvplaceofhope.com. Now for the message by our senior pastor, Gabby Mejia. There we go. (laughs) Hey, let's go to the book of Isaiah, book of Isaiah chapter 9 and 6. have one verse today, and I'm going to read the rest of it at the end. Um, By the way, if you're a first-time guest, if it's your... First time here at New Birth, if you're exploring Christianity, if you're exploring spirituality, whoever you are, wherever you come from, we want we to let you know off the bat, listen, you belong here before you become anything. You belong here, and, and we love you, but if you're a guest, we're going to do something at the very end called an altar call, and it, it's, your, it's your opportunity to respond to the message, right? So everyone in here, we either are in relationship with God, kind of know about him, or aren't in a relationship with God, right? So wherever you kind of fall in this place, listen, we're not kicking no one out. You're, you're welcomed here, no matter who you are, no matter where you come from. But listen, at the end of this this message, we want to give you an opportunity to respond, not with just a prayer, but with your life. Respond and say, I'm ready to say yes to Jesus. I'm ready to jump into what he wants for my life. So if you're there, the book of Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 to 7, and and verse 6 says this, For to us... A child, somebody say a child, is born. He's born, right? And if you know the Bible, you know Isaiah's in the Old Testament, right? Isaiah's a couple hundred years before Jesus even shows up, right? What does that mean? The Bible is prophetically legit, right? There's prophecies about Jesus in the Old Testament that are all fulfilled in his life and leadership in the New Testament. And everything's a parallel. The book of Isaiah writes a lot and prophesies a lot about Jesus to who he is. And what he's going to do when he shows up. And, and so, so this guy's writing this verse way before Jesus even shows up. Like, for to us sounds like it's happening right now. Well, if we were to read it and I say, hey, for to us, come on, a child has come. You think the child is on his way. He's here. He, he's, he's about to be given. This guy's writing this verse way in advance. How many you guys know the Bible is written in different time frames? But come on, the Bible has one spirit. Come on, the Bible has the Holy Spirit inspiring every writer. That's why a, a verse in Isaiah 100 years before Jesus literally lines up with everything Jesus went through in his life. And this isn't just a a prophetic message. Listen to me. This is an inspirational message. This is a motivational message. I believe the church shouldn't be stagnant, shouldn't be still, shouldn't get comfortable. Watch this. The church shouldn't get used to the image of Jesus. Anything you see more often times than anything else, you're going to get familiar with it. Anything you kind of come into contact with more than once, you can get familiar with it. Hashtag new birth worship. You want to go on a church appreciation tour? Go to any other Sunday other than New Birth. Go anywhere else. Anybody else feel like that? I, I go to churches, I'm like, man, I love my church. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I walk in, and it's like, no coffee. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, where's the coffee? Where's the coffee? I'm going crazy. Walking in, different churches, right? And, then, and then, come on, I love the authenticity of our worship team. Come on. As you feel the, the real relationship, But it's like, man, I'm not like, 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 you know, shunning every other church. I just love my church. I just love my people. I just love everything going on. And listen, sometimes we can get so caught up with the lights and the sound and everything going on. We can get used to worship. We can get familiar with our worship team and with our preaching and the messages and everything. We get so familiar with it. But today I feel God sent me to let you know don't get familiar with Jesus. Don't get too comfortable with Jesus. He's bigger than you can ever think. He's moving faster than you can ever even imagine. And his plans for your life are unimaginable. We tend to quit. We forget the gift we have. But listen, for to us, the best gift was given in human history. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. Here's my first idea today. You can write it down. Jesus was given to you. Come on, it's a simple message this morning. <laughs> I feel like God's best messages are the most simplest ones. Amen. Jesus was given to you. That's powerful. Why is that powerful? Because God didn't. God has sent His Son for the world. God sent His Son for me. You see how that changed. You can live life. Oh, Jesus loves the world. You can go through life depressed. You can go through life not knowing the plan God has for you. Just knowing that He He loves the world. Can I tell you, your life will change when it really hits you that He loves you through your dirt, through your past, your sin, the struggle. It's real, but God's love is more real than your struggle. God's love is more real than your past. Can I tell you, we get so comfortable with God, we tend to give him reasons why he shouldn't love us. We give him reasons why he can't use us. We give him reasons. I call them excuses. God, you can't use me because I'm this young. No, no, no. God can use you right where you're at. God, you can't use me because I'm I'm, I'm single. No, God can use you right where you're at. God, you can't use me because I'm stressed and I'm tired and I feel I'm at my capacity. God is going to begin to extend your capacity in this new year. He's going to push you to new things. He's going to push you to new roads and new rivers. He's going to inspire you this year to be better, to make new decisions, to take the long way home and and talk to someone about Jesus. God wants to, to expand your mentality. Watch this now on how much you love him. You love him. That's awesome. Listen, the scandal of grace. Is that God loves you? Is that Jesus was given to a world that shouldn't have, it shouldn't have been given to? Jesus was given to you. And if you look at Jesus, you can see why you need him. If you look really into Jesus, you can see why you need him. If he's a prince of peace, that means he's meant to be peace for some people. Come on, somebody. If he's all powerful, that means he's meant to be all powerful for some people in this room this morning. If he walks with all authority, not even in heaven, but authority in in the world, and the underworld, if he has all that authority, you think he's just holding on to it for his position, his title? He puts his position and his title to work in your life. When you really look at the gift, you can see how you need to use it. Don't waste your life just knowing Jesus and not actually realizing why you need him. You can waste your life just knowing him. And not actually realizing why you need him. Isaiah 9, 6 and 7, for to us, a child is born, to us a son is given. I got to let you know this morning, a perfect gift was sent to you. Can't I get any more amens this morning. Come on. Not a regular gift. So let's see this little gift here. Let me guess guys like the tree set up? It looks pretty cool, right? The church is amazing. See this gift here. If I give it to you, you will receive it. But, but, but if you get too comfortable with Jesus, you'll put it down. You'll forget about it. You'll go back to, go back to Jesus on Sundays. You'll go back to Jesus when you need him. And God's like, I'm bigger than just moments. I'm for your lifetime. I'm not just there 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings. I'm there 9 a.m. on Monday mornings. Come on, when your body's telling you, don't go to work, don't go to work, don't go to work, call sick. You know what I'm saying? It's like, Ugh! Can't get up. The Holy Spirit's right there. He can give you strength. He can give you peace. Come on. He can step into your life. And we can get so comfortable sometimes with Jesus. But listen, a power, a powerful gift was sent to you. A perfect gift was sent to you. My life isn't different than anyone else just because I know the gift is here. In America, you know this gift is here. Jesus is like promoted as much as Santa's, promoted as much as the Easter Bunny. A lot of people in America know Jesus, but are they following him? That's a different question. Accident, you know Jesus? Oh, I know Jesus! Why we go back? <sniffs> Jesus, Jesus. I know Jesus. Oh, yeah. The, the, the Christmas story, I know he was a baby, and then he turned water to wine. It's like you just get like 30 years, dude. <laughs> and, then, and, then, yeah, and then the seas, and then, I know Jesus, but do you follow him? That's a different question. Do you surrender to the God you know? That's a different question. Here's my next idea. Don't let it offend you. If you were to just know God, you can't consider yourself a Christian. That's my next point. If you just know God, you can't consider yourself a Christian because everybody knows God. Everybody knows Jesus. Everyone knows the gift that's in their tree. At the end of the day, God loves me, right? At the end of the day, I could do whatever I want because God loves me. I could go wherever I want. I could talk to everyone. I can offend anyone I want because I know at the end of the day I got Jesus in my tree. No, 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 no. It's not enough to just know you have a God. It it becomes enough to follow him and surrender to him and say, I'm not just going to know God, but I'm going to surrender to the God that gave me everything. Yes, you know him, but is he Lord of your life? Like, like, is he Lord? Like, this gift is everything to me. He's not one of many gifts. You see how, you see how just central Jesus is. He's everything to me. He's not one of many gifts. I don't follow Jesus and follow a little bit of Buddha. Follow a little bit of money. Follow follow all these other things the enemy tries to take my attention with. My main focus is the cross and that is it. He is the center and lord of my life. He's the center because he's perfect, because he's powerful. He deserves the center. No one else deserves the center. If you put a person in the center of your life, they will fail you. God will humble what you raise up above him. Your job's above God. God will humble you. He will humble it. Your your spouse is above God. God will allow him or her to show you that they are not worthy to be worshipped. Only he is. He is the perfect gift. He is the powerful gift. And if every day you're having conversations, remember to talk to the God that owns everything in your life. He's the master. He's the Lord of my life. If we're honest, we create structures of acceptance from God. Can I get an amen? There is a human constructed acceptance from God. That is not God. We create those. I know Him. So I'm good. I know Jesus, so I could, you know, be a part of a community, kinda. Could step in and out of this community. I I know Jesus, so so I could I could do whatever I want Monday through Saturday and then Sunday come back because I know he's here for me. Can 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 we expose what that is? Listen to me. You're, you're, You're here today. You're either one or the other. I'm gonna throw up like a thousand points. And 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 I'm here, I'm in this in these points somewhere. Listen to me. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go through religion and, and relationship. R- religion and gospel. R- right? Religion living, religious living, or or, or 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 gospel living. Where where the gift here is something I can use for my betterment, but the gift over here is everything I need. See how it changes. Religion says, "What can I do to get this gift? How can I use this gift to better me? How can I, how can I clock in the grace of God? How many prayers do I need to give God like a vending machine? If I put in a prayer, I'll get my blessing. If I put in a prayer, we're treating God like a toy, like a fairly godparent waiting in heaven to receive all of your questions and answers, and that's who He is. But listen, the reason why we pray and we worship is because we love Him, and because He's the center, and because He's everything. So." Some of my prayers, honestly, are about me, but most of my prayers are about the world around me because God wants to just use me, not just for my glory, but for the people around me. God wants to use me to reach more people. Amen? Listen, religion, here's the first idea. Religion says, I obey, so I'm accepted. I I obey, so, so, so I'm accepted. God doesn't accept me until I obey him. God doesn't really love me until I actually start looking like a Christian. God doesn't really love me until I start going into, into, into service and, and being there every week. And, 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 and what can I do? No, no, no. I don't obey so that I'm accepted. This is gospel. I'm accepted so I obey. See how it changes. He's trying to obey God, obey God, obey God. Accept me. Over here it's like, you accept me, I'll obey anything you ask me to do. You see how it changes. Over here, man, it's such a burden to give to God. Over here, man, it's such an honor to give to God. Oh, I'm accepted, so I get to give. I'm accepted, so I get to serve. And does anybody in New Birth this morning that loves God and serves him first? I'm accepted, so I obey. But religion says obey, 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 and you'll get accepted. That's why we shouldn't, we shouldn't pick a week not to come to church. I'm, already, I'm always accepted. I just got to work on my obedience part. I just got to work on actually listening to the God that I love. And the reasons why people walk away from church, because they're walking away from obedience. They're walking away from God. I hear you, now I need to do something. Religion. Here's another one. I obey God in order to get things from God. That's Religion. God, I'm only listening to you because I know you're going to give me something when, when I'm done listening. I'm only serving, uh, God, because I got to get some things. Watch this. I'm paying my tithes to the church just so I can get that harvest they talk, keep talking about. So I get that, that, that double portion, you know what I'm saying? Get that double portion over here, Jesus. Double me down. I obey in order to get things from God. That's not real relationship. Is that the relationship with your wife? With your boyfriend and your girlfriend, the people you love, do you only obey to get things from them? Are you in it for what you can get out of it? Here's the gospel. I obey God to get God, to delight and resemble him. I get God not for myself, not for the things that come. I get God because I want God. And when he sees my heart, he begins to give me stuff. And now my life is like, oh, my God, look at everything you're doing around me. I thank you, God. Some of us, God gives you stuff. You take your eyes off of him like he didn't supply it. Thank you, God. Now I get to worship my job because you gave me my job. Thank you for this girl. I get to worship her. God's like, no, I'm blessing you because you're obedient. And you want me for me, not for my blessings. But you want me because you love me. What good is it for a man to gain the world and lose his soul? Come on, if we give God our souls, if we give him our life, if we wake up every morning and say, I have the gift of Jesus. What am I going to do with it? How am I going to talk to him? How am I going to worship him? That's my next idea. Religion says when circumstances in my life go wrong, I am angry at God or myself. It's either one or the other. When something goes wrong, I'm angry at God or myself since I believe that no one who is good deserves a, a comfortable life. Come on, who's, who's that in yeah, here? Sometimes that's me. Something bad go, something bad happens. God, why'd you do this? And to me, why'd I do this? And, and, and there's the, listen, there's, there's, there's a, like a plan of God that's like way be- bigger than your understanding. Like if God worked in ways you can understand That'll eliminate his title of being God. Because if he's God, I don't really understand him completely. If he's God, I'll never understand what it is to create, right? He's the creator. I'm creation. There's a gap of faith we need in our lives to say, God, I'm not going to just look at the circumstances and blame you or blame myself. Because here's the thing about religion. You believe you're good enough for God. You've been in church X amount of years. God, should everything should go good in my life because I've been serving God for this long. Man, let's look at the life of Paul. Come on, I'm here to suffer. (laughs) That kills that mentality, right? Once Paul writes that in the Bible, I'm I'm a a servant of the God, but I'm here, I'm called to suffer. That erases the the good mentality that we think we deserve. God, I deserve a good life. I deserve good health. I deserve everything good. And we need to remind ourselves, you don't deserve anything, mama. You don't deserve anything. (laughs) You're not that good. Here's the gospel, when circumstances in my life go wrong, I struggle, but I know that while God may allow this for my training, he will exercise his fatherly love within my trial. Oh my God, when circumstances go wrong, when 2019 something happens, and 2019, listen, remember the sound of God's word, that he will never let you go, and he's only there to strengthen you and to lift you up. When circumstances come against you, Understand that God may allow this for your training and that he will love you throughout the whole way. Here's what religion says. Religion says, when I'm confused, I'm furious or devastated because it is essential for me to think of myself as a good person. Judge that self-image must be destroyed at all costs. That's religion. Here's relationship. Here's gospel. When I'm criticized, I struggle. But it is not essential for me to think of myself as a good person. My identity is not built on performance but on God's love for me in Christ. Here's what, here's what religion says, here's what religion says, my prayer, my, my, my prayer life consists largely of petition and only heats, only heats up when I'm in need. My relationship with God is on fire when my life is on fire. My main purpose in prayer is to control circumstances. And that's why some of you guys you feeling uneasy when you finish praying. Because you feel like you're supposed to leave with all the answers and all the, all the directions and how you're supposed to take over. You should leave your prayer with a little bit more faith that God's gonna do the work, that God's gonna make ends meet, that God's gonna perform. I just gotta believe and stay faithful. Prayer life consists largely of petition, only heats up. Here's the gospel: my prayer life consists of generous stretches of praise and adoration. My main purpose is fellowship with Him. My, 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 my main, my main, my main, my main focus is is. Thank you for the son you've given me. Thank you for the peace you have ready for me. Thank you for the love. Thank you for your sacrifice. My main purpose of prayer is for generous stretches of praise and adoration. Our prayers should sound more like Jesus needs to be exalted. Jesus needs to be lifted up. If you hear yourself lift up God, your life will begin to lift up God. You just got to hear yourself do it, right? Right? Got to hear yourself do it. That's the gift that God has for us. Last idea motivation, religion, motivation is based on fear and insecurity. Motivation is based on fear. God, I got to serve because if I don't, you'll strike me. God, I got I to do this and I got to do that. And it's fear and insecurity. Listen, in the gospel, mo- motivation is based only on grateful joy. It's only grateful joy. Come on, when you get given a gift, thank you for this gift. Thank you so much for this gift. That's my motivation. That's why I wake up. I gotta let you know our worship team and band. We get here at seven a.m. every morning, and every morning is a question: Am I gonna go to church today? Anybody else wake up with the same question? Am I gonna go to church today? You know what my motivation is. Do you know what? our motivation? I'm going to wake up because I'm so happy I get to do this. I'm so grateful I get to do this. I don't have to serve. I get to serve. My motivation is grateful joy. It's my motivation. My motivation to serve God is because I'm grateful for what he's done for me. My motivation to give money is because I'm grateful for what he's done for me. My motivation to resist sin, to resist temptation, is my motivation. Is God, his love for me, and the gift I've received. My motivation to let go of offense is only based on what God is doing for me. In other words, I can forgive because God has forgiven me. I can accept people because God has accepted me. And it's through his power that things begin to happen in my life. My motivation to forgive others is only based on the gift he's given me. Jesus is not only a message of reconciliation with God, but it's forgiveness from God. That he's wiped your sin away. That's my motivation to forgive others. It's because it's I'm blown away of what Jesus did to me. My, my motivation to live a holy life is only based on grateful joy and not off the holy gifts. Here's my next idea. How I use the gift hinges on how I view it. How you use the gift of God, sadly, it is based on how you view it. Based on how you see the gift, will only determine how much you use it. So here's my here's my real idea of this whole the whole night, whole day is, is to protect the way you see Jesus. Protect the gift that God has given you. Protect it. I didn't just receive Jesus and put him in the back of the tree. No, 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 God. You you're the center of my tree, God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you right here so all those who come into my life see that you're the center. Maybe you're single in here. Maybe, maybe you're single in here. How are you using the gift of Jesus? When people step into your life, is it all about you or is it all about Jesus? How, how do your coworkers see your life? Do they see someone who's following the money, someone who's following the family? Do they see someone who's following Jesus? It's not so hard to be a Christian if you have Jesus as the center of your life. It's hard to be a Christian when you try to act like he's the center. Try to show everyone he's the center, he's the center, he's the center. No, 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 no. I'm not trying to publicly show everyone my my connection with God. I'm gonna let the connection to God publicly show through me. How I use the gift hinges on how I view it. I wanna read to you first, first Corinthians chapter two. This is the this is what Jesus came to do, y'all. This is like. Jesus explained. I love Paul, and this is the Message translation, so it's a little different. First Corinthians chapter two, it says this: "This is Paul. You remember me, friends, that when I first came to you to let you in on God's master stroke, I didn't try to impress you with polished speeches and the latest philosophy. I deliberately kept it plain and simple. First, Jesus and who He is, then Jesus and what He did. Jesus crucified." I was unsure of how to go about this, and I felt totally inadequate, right? This is someone being completely honest. I was scared to death, if you want the truth of it. And so nothing I said could have impressed you, because I was scared to deliver this message of gospel. Honestly, I was afraid of my life, fear and trembling, presenting you the message of God and the message of Jesus. So, so, so you getting saved had nothing to do with my speaking ability, because I could barely speak. That's what he's saying. had nothing to do with my skill. I didn't talk you into this. I didn't motivate you into this. I didn't give you good philosophy and good ideas to get you to jump into a relationship with God. You love God, and you are blown away by the gift because of the gift, not because of the messenger. I was unsure. I was unsure. It says, and so nothing I could have said could have impressed you or anyone else. But the message came through anyway. God's spirit and God's power did it, which made it clear that your life of faith is a response to God's power. Your life of faith, pastor, my faith is dwindling. Okay, how's your response going? What do you mean my response? Listen, how do you respond to the gift? How are you responding to Jesus? My life of faith is a response to the gift of God. That's my next idea. My life life is a response to the gift of God. That's my life. And that's everything that flows through me. That's everything that, that I'm about. I'm out here not to put a facade, not to dance Christianity. I'm only alive today, and my life should send a message to you that I'm responding to the gift of God over my life. It tells me one thing: Do I love the gift that God gave me? Do Do I love? Do I really love Jesus? Every day, is He the center? Is He my focus? Is He the tree that I? Is He the present that I show off under the tree? Do, do I love the gift that God gave to me? Cuz if I do, then my life should be a response to that. My life, my life shouldn't be, shouldn't be a response to what America's doing. My parenting shouldn't be a response to what TV tells me to do. My relationships shouldn't be a response to pop culture. Shouldn't be a response to what I what everything. My life should be a response to Jesus Christ. We should run into our jobs. Living a life that is in response to who Jesus is. We should raise our children in a way that is a response to Jesus in your life. We should walk and talk in such a way that our lives become a response to the gift that we have received. And if you've been to any type of sporting event, you know that the the big dunk deserves a big clap. Come on, somebody. Can we just try it? So I'm going to do a baby layup and we're all going to clap. Ready? One, two, three, layup. Layup, Slam dunk. Ready? Slam dunk. Boom. Woo. Go magic. We're never going to win. <laughs> Pray for your magic. Woo. Yeah. In other words, my response is based on how I view the play. I see some basketball gurus. They'll look at a certain play. Oh, it's just a layup. It's not just a layup. I was three screens happening. I was, you know, defensive stops and pick and rolling. So much has happened here. How I see it determines how I respond. How I see it determines how I respond. Listen, if you're having a trouble with worship, start thinking of God being a little bit bigger. If you're having a tr- trouble giving to God, start thinking about him as the owner of the earth and the owner of the universe and as big as he really is. Then my response should be big. Then my worship should be big. My life should be big. My relationships. Oh, God, I respond not because of how I'm feeling, but because of who you are. My life's a response to the gift. How are you doing? I'm doing good because Jesus is doing good. Come on, somebody. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. Jesus is on the throne. He's on the right hand of the Father, encouraging me, motivating me, interceding for me. I'm doing good. Not because of my life, but because who runs it. Not because of who I am, but because of who he is. And that's my response to the gift that God has given me. If Jesus is everything he says he is, if he's not only man, but also the son of the living God, if he's God, come on, he's omniscient, he's omnipresent, he's um, he's omnipotent. My response should be so huge to how big God is. Because of His immense nature, watch this. You can feel sometimes discouraged. Man, if God is so good, does my worship ever stop? No, because He's so good. God is so good. I mean, His good, His mercies endure forever. Does my giving ever stop? It never stops. If you're here on this life, we're gonna be keep giving to God. We're gonna keep giving to God. God, make a way where there is no way with my worship to you. My life is a response to the gift of God. God doesn't ask me to do anything, He doesn't empower me to do. Right? Because we can look at God and say, okay, He's so big, He doesn't really want my small heart. Oh, He's so big, my prayer is just the voice in the crowd. Oh, He's so big. Oh, He's so masterful. He's not concerned about me, I'm just little. He doesn't really look at me, look into my life, look into my regrets, look into my small failures, my big failures. He doesn't, he's too busy. Listen, I'm glad. If you you think God's too big for you, you remove the beauty of the gospel. You remove the message of the gospel. That God didn't come and die for worthy people, he died for broken people that God didn't come and die for people who had their game all together and their face all done and their teeth. All, no, God died for the broken, just ugly, demented person. Why? Not because of out outward appearance. God's looking at the heart. He's looking at the soul. He's like, there's a there's a bigger problem than what's on the outside. I came to, to heal what's on the inside. And, and And I'm glad God cares about a small voice like me. I'm encouraged that God wants my worship. My worship is enough to God. Did you know that? Your giving is enough to God. He's gonna stretch you, and if you're faithful and obedient, man, your life submitted to God. Come on, it's enough. My response, my my response is for him and through him. You gotta understand that. That's my next point. My my response to God is for God and through God. What does that mean? That I can only help people because God is helping me. My response for him, my response is for him and through him. I can only forgive my brother because God has forgiven me. I can only stand here in new birth and tell you I love you. And they are like, you don't even know me. And I'm like, yes, I do. You're a brother in the faith. Come on, somebody, You're a sister. I know you because God knows you. Hello. I want to let you know I love you. I love you. How can you love me? People coming to this church. Why are people so loving? It's weird. It's it's icky. Back up. I'm like, I'm going to keep hugging you. Get used to this, girl. This is every week. Why are you so loving? Not because we're all, we're all just waiting for a church to start to actually start loving people. No, because God's really loving us. Oh, you see how it changed? I'm only loving people because God is loving me. I'm only forgiving people because God has forgiven me. I'm only encouraging people because I'm being encouraged. And I'm believing the best because God has the best for me. Amen. Let's read the rest of that verse. I'm going the worship team to come up so we can get all crazy in here. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 to 7. You guys feel good? You guys feel all right? We're almost done. I'm closing it out. Seeing if you're still here. Isaiah 9, verse 6. For us, for us, a child is born. For to us, a son is given. He'll take over the running of the world. His name will be, come on, amazing counselor. That's how big your God is. Isaiah, showing off. It's your God. He's an amazing counselor. Do you need counsel today? Ever present counsel. Come on, God can be your counselor. Not only is he amazing counselor, he's strong God, not weak God, not one of many gods. He is the one and only all-powerful God. He's strong. Come on, he's an eternal father. Not fathers that we know that, that sometimes fade in and out of our lives. Not fathers that we've seen that sometimes love us based on how we're doing and how we help them. Not not some of the come on, he's an eternal father. Always will love you and see you through the eyes of a father to his son, a father to his daughter, saying, listen, I love you so much. That's the eternal father we have. Come on, he's a prince of wholeness. His ruling authority will grow. And there will be no limits to the wholeness he brings. Talking about Jesus, he'll rule from the historic David throne over that promised kingdom. He'll put that kingdom on a firm footing and keep it going with fair dealing and right living, be given now and lasting always. This gift is everything to me. Here's my next idea. Let's, let's let let Jesus let Jesus unwrap himself into the God you need, not the God that you know. Let, let, let Jesus, I feel it today, Jesus wants to show you who he really is. Not to how you think God, listen, if God only worked in ways you can know that he worked, he's too small. If God only worked in ways you knew, you expected him to move, listen, God is like the wind, it comes one way, come on, you don't know where it goes. It's, God is anywhere, everywhere at once. So our lives, based on how we view Jesus, we we, we need to let Jesus unwrap himself to the God that we need and not the God that we know. Because what does that mean? As God begins to reveal new things in our lives, we'll then begin to know him for who he really is. As God begins to push us to new new levels, as God begins to challenge us to really love him this year, really be the center of everything, God, you're the center. If he's going to do that, if we're going to allow him to do that, We need to have a mentality that says, God, I'm not going to predict how you're going to do everything. You're bigger than my predictions. You're bigger than my expectations. I want God to do something so crazy that I couldn't even, God, that had to be you. I didn't know you were going to do it. Come on, we got to start giving God new dreams, new petitions. God, you can do anything. There's no limit for you. You got to let God unravel himself, unwrap himself to who you need. Come on, what do you need? What do you need? That's a personal question. Am I talking to your neighbor? Am I talking to your family? I'm talking to you. What is it that you need that the gift can be for you? The reason why the Bible gives us so many, so many titles, because there's so many different types of people. God can be anything we all need him to be. Anybody believe that? So right where you're at, let's let our prayer be wrapped in generous stretches of praise and adoration. Let our life be a testimony to what God is doing. Let my response, let my service, let my giving be only led and fueled by how I see, worship, and obey God. For to us, a child is born, a son is given. The question is, what will you do with the gift of. God has given you. We hope this message has inspired you. As a place of hope, our church is committed to reach our community. If you'd like more information about new birth, visit our website at nbplaceofhope.com.